sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. on Cubs fans. I'm Sean Sears and welcome to another episode of Locked On Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. The Cubs got themselves a nice rebound win over the Padres, beating up on Cal Quantrill to win 10-2 late on the West Coast last night. We'll recap the win in the big night for rookie Nico Horner in the first segment, and then we'll preview Tuesday night's game, as well as touch on a couple quick bullets here in the second segment. Today's show is brought to you by Postmates. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 in free delivery credit for their first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. You can get Locked On Cubs on the Himalaya app as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn app, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Locked On Cubs. And when you get your car today, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Cubs for all the great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. So let's jump into this first segment here about the Cubs beating up on the Padres. That was a nice win. Um, it's tough to necessarily get too excited about it because the Cubs are still very much in the thick of things and being the Padres one game doesn't really matter because they beat the Brewers one game and then drop the rest of that series. We'll have to see if they can put it together and consistently show this type of performance. Um, Cal Quantrill have, had had some pretty bad outings before this, giving up eight runs against the Dodgers and then the Diamondbacks, and then now eight runs against the Cubs. So Quantrill, he only manages to go four and a third inning, 10 hits, eight earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts, two home runs he allowed. Kyle Hendricks, on the other hand, looked great. One of his best road starts of the year, five and two thirds innings pitched, seven hits, two runs, one earned, one walk, five strikeouts. He had a pretty big lead at that point, and the Cubs felt comfortable pulling him out here in five and two thirds at about 94 pitches. Brad Wick comes in and gets the strikeout in the sixth, and it's Alec Mills, James Norwood, and Derek Holland finishing out this game. Um, but the Cubs jumped on the Padres pretty early into this game. It was Nick Castellanos who hit a home run after Ben Zober singled on a ground ball to third base. Um, Cubs jump up 2-0 early in the first inning. It's later on in the top of the fourth when David Bodie uh, walks and then a wild pitch allows Nico Horner to score on the play. Uh, Hayward moves up to third or second on the play and Cubs up 3-1. Now it is good to note here, top of the fourth, Nico Horner Hits his, or, or, excuse me, not the top of the fourth. I believe it was actually the top of the second Nico Horner had his first major league hit in this game. Great at bat, down 0-2, just muscles a pitch out into right field, and it drops down between first and right field. Great at bat, he's able to get on base there, and then later on, 
a part of some magic. I mean, he was able to get on base earlier because of a ground out force out that allowed him to stay on. Um, he scores on the play. So nice effort there from Nico Horner. He had a nice play in the field too. We'll touch on him a little bit here in the second half. Um, bottom of the fourth, the Padres get two back though. Eric Cosmer on a fielder's choice um, grounds the ball to second base. Machado moves up to third and then scores on the throwing air. It was actually an attempted double play from Ben Zobers who had tried to pick the ball quickly and flip it over to uh, Nico Horner, but he just shot the ball way past Horner. It bounces in the left field. Uh, Machado is able to score on the play. Hosmer moves up to second, and then Will Myers hits a sacrifice fly that brings in Machado. Um, Padres get two back there. Excuse me, Machado scores. Martini scored, excuse me. Martini scored on the play on the pass ball, and then Machado scored on the on the uh, fly ball from Will Myers. So Padres cut the lead down to 3-2. to two. Top of the fifth, though, they get it right back. Kyle Schwarber, a 2-2 pitch, goes opposite field, drives the ball deep and gone. Uh, Schwarber's 35th of the year. Nico Horner later on then hits a triple that scores Nick Castellanos and Victor Carantini, who both gotten on base with singles. Um, Jason Hayward, then a single through the right field side, scores Horner. Quantrill's pulled for Eric Yardley. Yardley then allows on a bunk ground out sacrifice play in front of home. Hayward's able to score, uh, just slow developing play that the only play was home or first base. So uh, Bodie moves up to second. The Cubs up eight to two big here. Kyle Hendricks goes another inning. Great work. He did give up three singles back to back. And that was where we were kind of getting worried. Obviously the lead had been back and forth here a little bit before the top or bottom of the fifth. Or excuse me, top of the fifth when the Cubs kind of broke it open a little bit. But then a single from Greg Garcia, a single from Nick Martini, and then a single from Manny Machado. Kind of make things nervous. Hosmer grounds out. The Cubs do get out of that inning. And then Nico Horner, a single to center field in the top of the sixth, scores Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. He ends the day three hit, three for five with four RBIs, two runs scored himself. A big debut here for Nico Horner, and the contact hitting was huge. We'll talk about that later. Cubs able to hold things together. Kyle Hendricks going once more. And then it's Alec Mills, or Brad Wick for that one batter facing Austin Allen. And then Alec Mills, James Norwood, and Derek Holland cruise their way through the end of this game. Cubs win 10-2 to over the Padres. So as I mentioned, Nico Horner, big debut. Um, he was quoted after this game saying he liked just being in the middle of things. Um Obviously playing shortstop, hit a lot of plays coming his way. He was on base and a crucial part of this game, four RBIs. I mean, he's a big reason they won today and a big reason they broke this open. But you could see the contact was there. And Joe Madden talked about it beforehand. He says he doesn't try to pull it. He didn't try and do too much. He has some nice skills. Essentially saying that he's great. His bat-to-ball skills are incredible. And that's all we've kind of heard about Nico Horner as well. He made eventually develop into some pop and if he does you know great if he doesn't though he's a good contact hitter a solid fielder who'll probably end up being a second baseman when hobby buys is back obviously um, but can play shortstop can play kind of all over the infield for the most part and has some experience in center field um but he's a great contact back and he's exactly what the cubs are missing they need someone that can go out there and on a two strike count really kind of muscle a pitch into play and make something happen. The Cubs don't do that too much. They don't have a lot of guys that can do that on a consistent basis. And the guys that kind of have to, Rizzo Bryant, Contreras to an extent, maybe Jason Hayward, Ben Zobers, now that he's back, they can't always do it every single time. You need more guys like that. So adding Nico Horner to this mix is great. Um, fans were cheering his name on the road. It was a fun sight to see, and it, it, it made you forget what the situation is for the Cubs right now. And 
gave you promise to. And now, of course, everyone's asking, can Nico Horner be on this postseason roster? Why isn't he starting at second base? Blah, 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 blah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here a little bit. He is postseason eligible. I did talk about this on the show yesterday. The Cubs have to file some sort of specific form with the MLB to say essentially that because either Javier Baez or Addison Russell have been on the 10-day IL for the last 10 days and will likely not be eligible to return in time for the postseason, they could allow Nico Horner to come in and play. Um, he could become eligible. Now, even if the Cubs don't necessarily have both those guys, absolutely, you know, even if the even if Javi Baez and Addison Russell do come back, there are some chances. I guess Nico Horner could still the Cubs could file an appeal to allow him to be on this roster. There's options there, but let's just watch the kid play for a little bit. I don't know if throwing him into a postseason. You know, game, let alone in the middle of a postseason race where his bats mean a lot more than they should, um, is necessarily the greatest situation to begin with, but he's thriving, and that's great to see. So that will do it here in the first segment. Now, before we jump to the second segment, I do have a quick word from one of our sponsors, Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable, the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever a moment arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, if you've got a special deal with our listeners, visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. It's a great deal. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Cubs. All right, let's jump to the second segment here. We'll be previewing Tuesday night's matchup featuring featuring Jose Quintana and Ronald Bolaños. Um, Blanios just got called up actually um, earlier in September. His first start was on the third, facing Arizona. He won six innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and a strikeout or four strikeouts, but earned the loss actually in this game. Um, before that, and the minors, he's got some interesting numbers. He spent a good amount of the season first with high A, with a 2.85 ERA and a 9.06 K per nine. So encouraging numbers. He got the call to Double A, and while his ERA did inflate a little bit to 4.23, his FIP is actually better. It was 4.07 in high A. Now with Double A, 3.90. He's also increased his strikeout per nine, a 10.33, and he's lowered his K his walks per nine. Um, so. He's done pretty well. I mean, and that's, of course, in 13 starts with double A, which is he only made 10 in high A. So he's showing improvements. Um, looked okay in his debut, but he unfortunately picked up the loss. This is another guy that it just seems like when the new guys come up, the Cubs don't really know how to read him. Um, he doesn't walk too many guys, though. Uh, 88 strikeouts compared to 30 walks, 54 and 23 in high A. So, I mean, he's not mowing. He wasn't really mowing guys down until recently, but he's got three developed pitches and could be a guy that, could make the Cubs look silly. I, I really hope not. This should 100% be a guy that 
Cubs tee off on. So maybe they can get the pitch count high and get into this Padre bullpen. I, I think that's the approach right now. Jose Quintana, on the other hand, though, um, pretty good his last seven starts. Uh, a 4.00 ERA, 13-8 record on the season, but a 2.66 ERA and a 5-1 record in his last seven decisions or seven starts here. Um, his last start to get Milwaukee, uh, not so great. Five innings, did pick up a win, four runs though, two walks, five strikeouts on 102 pitches, kind of gutted one out, had a pretty good start against Milwaukee after that, before that as well on August 30th, five and two thirds, four hits, no earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Um, if Quintana can watch the walks and hopefully limit some of the home runs he'll give up, he's got 19 on the year. Um, that's really where he succeeds. He's going to give up hard contact at certain points. It just can't come with runners on base. He has to execute. If he can do that, he usually can work himself out of here for five, five, six innings, get him to the bullpen. The Cubs really do need the starters to kind of start eating some of these innings away from the, the bullpen right now with the lack of options they have back there. They've got to keep as many fresh arms as they can in moments where they really do need them. They shouldn't really need any of those guys against the Padres, at least in super, you know, critical high leverage roles. Let's hope that does not happen. So obviously there's not going to be anything against Bolanos uh, for the Cubs. They've never seen him, but against Jose Quintana, Eric Hosmer, obviously with his days with the Royals, 78 plate appearances, uh, 529 OPS does not see Quintana well. Austin Hedges, five plate appearances, OPSing 1550. He leads the team. Uh, actually, just kidding. Hunter Renfrow, nine plate appearances, 1569. Those two are the highest OPSs. Manuel Margo, nine plate appearances, 1306. Uh, Machado and 20 plate appearances, 689. Mm, still not great. So there's a lot of guys at small sample size have some big you know OPS numbers against him, but the guys that have seen him, you know, being Machado and and Hosmer really haven't done too well against him. So um, we'll have to see. It, like I said, it's all about if Quintana can keep the big, big hits, the hard, the hard contact that's inevitably to come. You know, it's going to happen with him, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, he does get a little predictable. If he can avoid it with runners on base, he should be okay. This Padres offense isn't fantastic, and as we saw yesterday, can get pretty anemic pretty quick. So... You know, there's positives here. This Padre team is not good. The Cubs need to start playing like a team that's going to be in the postseason because right now they're not convincing a lot of people here. Um, Chris Bryant received a quarter zone shot on Monday, and Madden said he was hopeful he'd be able to play Tuesday night. It'll be a game time decision, of course. So we don't know anything yet. And with these later games, it's probably not going to come till 7, 6.30, somewhere around there, a little bit late dinner time. You might get an update on Bryant. So keep an eye on Twitter for that. Um, we'll tweet it from Locked on Cubs if something does come up. Uh, Mark Gonzalez had some interesting tweets today about Schwarber and Castellanos. Um, first on Schwarber, Schwarber, 11 home runs, 28 RBIs, and a 367 on base percentage with an, um, sorry, 1033 OPS in 33 games since August 2nd. Schwarber's 29 home runs since April 23rd are the fourth most in the NL span. Pete Alonso has 31, Eugenio Suarez has 31, Josh Donaldson has 30. Schwarber's tied with Javi Baez for the most opposite field home runs in the major league right now with 14 as well. So really good season for Schwarber while everyone wants to look at the, obviously the, the, the batting average and the strikeouts and some of those situations where he does make him an error every now and then in the field. Um, I think people are also starting to realize how good this guy's been. And I'm glad they're respecting it a little bit. It was getting frustrating. So, and then Castellanos, 25 home runs with the Cubs and Detroit this year. He's one shy of his career high 26 in 2017. Castellanos is 14 home runs and 150 at bats with the Cubs. One home run in every 10.7. It's almost 11 at bats. 14 home runs and 400 and 
130 ABs with Detroit, one for every 36, almost 37 at-bats. Since joining the Cubs on August 1st, Castellanos' 52 hits are tied for the most in the NL with Anthony Rondon. So, wow, is that so stupid that you have two really good hitters and the Cubs can still come away from a you know, Brewer series to score four or five runs over three games? Like, that's so dumb. So dumb. But it's good that these guys are here. Um, you just have to hope that Chris Bryant can come back and be effective. That unfortunately it sounds like Javier Baez is more than likely done for, for the regular season at the moment. You have to hope people can step up, but Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras was looking really good in the first couple of those games against the Brewers. I did not like a single one of his bats on Sunday. Um, it just felt like he was swinging at everything and looking to just clobber it. Um, needs to let it come to him a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Um, Rick Morrissey, I think almost everyone's least favorite beat writer. I don't even know if you want to call him a beat writer. I think he's a columnist now for the Chicago Sun-Times. Wrote an article that I, I, I didn't absolutely hate Listen, reading through it here. It's titled, Theo Epstein needs to be the MVP of the offseason. Basically what he's saying is that, you know, whether you want to point the finger at Joe, whether you want to point the finger at the front office, whether you want to point the finger at Theo Epstein, you know, ultimately... Whatever happens this season, it's not good enough. Even if the Cubs do, at this point, go on some crazy run and things snap together quickly in the last 19 games here in the season, you still have to reevaluate and look at for, you know, <laughs> essentially since March and April on, this team is just kind of dragged. You know, four win streaks with three loss streaks. You know, like, it just doesn't seem like there's never really been a run of great games. The Cubs' longest winning streak this year has been five games. Um, that's awful. You know, usually a team will go on a run, even if you're playing, like there's a time where you might play the Marlins and the Royals and the, the, <laughs> the Orioles in a strand of games. And you would think just by accident or just by, just because you'd win seven out of those two games or, you know, go on a six game winning streak, something like that. And it hasn't happened yet. And he kind of points out some of those things. And what he's kind of talking about in this article is that whatever happens, Theo Epstein needs to try and add as much talent as he possibly can. He has to have a great season. Even if the front office isn't giving him the allocations necessarily needed to go after like a Garrett Cole, a lot of people are looking at right now, or, you know, whoever the big bad is, maybe Castellanos drives a lot more money than people are expecting. Who knows? But, you know, he has to go out there and make things happen. If the budget's not there, okay, that's fine. You know, we, we understand that, but you need to do something with that then. On top of that, Morrissey also says the Cubs should be spending money, and he points out the idea that, you know, even though the Cubs have spent money and it hasn't been great, you need to continue to do so, to, to continue to win in this in this window. You need to spend money. You need to keep getting yourself more bets. And he's right. The Cubs need to get themselves an opportunity to, to do something, and right now the current core isn't going to work. And take Joe Madden out and put someone else in. I don't know if you find a better manager, but maybe you don't need to spend $5 million on Joe Madden. Maybe you can find a guy that can push across these ideals that Theo Epstein believes in and can maybe not deal with so much of the shtick with, with Joe Madden as much as I love the guy. Um, maybe the Cubs need to go a different direction. We'll have to see. So it was an interesting kind of you know opinion piece, whatever you want to call it, from, from Morrison. It wasn't totally scorched earth ridiculousness. So check it out if you want to. Don't if you don't want to. Um, SB Nation put out a video today about the 2003 Cubs team that lost the NLCS against the Marlins and went through what they're calling the Cubs' worst postseason inning of all time, which, yeah, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, but, yeah, it was an interesting video. Uh, it's well done. It's cool. Go and check it out on YouTube if you're looking for SB Nation's videos. Uh, they shared it on Twitter today. Um, it was just a little bit too soon. <laughs> 
not necessarily even because like we're not over 2003, but um, that it's like very remnant of like what's going on now. Like this team very much reminds me of the 04 team. I know Ryan Davis and I have talked about it on the show, but um, I I hope it's not foreshadowing. That's all I have to say. So, um, NL Central standings right now. The Cubs did get that half game back, so they are now only down four games to St. Louis. St. Louis did not play yesterday. Eighty one and sixty two. Cubs seventy seven and sixty six in second place. Milwaukee six games back at seventy five and sixty eight. Cincinnati sixty seven and seventy seven. Fourteen and a half back. And Pittsburgh eighteen and a half games back. Sixty three and eighty one. Um, Wildcard standings right now, it's Milwaukee that is ahead of the Diamondbacks. D-backs two and a half games back now. Milwaukee Brewers just two games back of the Cubs right now. So two-game lead. Uh, Philadelphia three games back. Mets at four. San Francisco eight and a half. They'll, you know, won't be eliminated until the end of the season, but they're going to get eliminated shortly. They're out of it right now. So it, it realistically probably is between the Cubs, Brewers, and Arizona. And if the Cubs and Brewers tie, I believe the Brewers do have the um, series edge. I don't know if that makes a difference in those situations, but uh, just I hate it. <laughs> I hate this. It's so dumb. Um, Brewers did play last night. Of course, one, they beat the Marlins 8-3. So that's where they're up now two games or now only two games back. And then Phillies did lose to Atlanta 7-2. Pittsburgh did beat San Francisco, but an irrelevant game. So, yeah, uh, this is where we're at. I think the Cubs realistically have to hold on to that wild card spot to help them make the postseason. I don't think they're going to catch the Cardinals. And with how much just injury luck lack thereof i guess you want to call it the, the issues they're dealing with this team right now it's it's piling up i think you just kind of have to focus on what you can focus on and right now it's just winning games and i think that's what you need to do i mean you just continue to keep winning these series is drop you know two or three three or four just do what you can and you're facing the cardinals at the end of the season and that'll probably decide your fate so we'll have to see just hold on and, and pray you can beat the cardinals that's i think that's the approach for the cubs right now so tonight's game is late it's an i believe it's gonna be a nine o'clock start here for the cubs um central time that is of course uh i think it's like i'm looking up the exact start time i think it's a 10 10 start in san diego so it'll be an 8 10 start or 9 10 start here in chicago so keep an eye out for that uh these late night games not always everyone's favorite but i will be here with you tomorrow for another podcast but with that that's our show, guys. Thanks for sticking around. Remember to get the show every day. You need to subscribe to Lockdown Cubs and the Himalaya app or whatever podcasting app you use, whether that's Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn App Radio, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you want to listen to podcasts, Spotify, not SoundCloud. We're not in SoundCloud. It's the only one. Um, <laughs> make sure you leave a five-star review. Stay subscribed to the show. We appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. My fan-sided power rankings come out tonight, tomorrow, however you want to look at that. And I'm writing something on Nico Horner coming out later today, too, so that'll hopefully be out by game time so keep an eye out for all that you guys enjoy the rest of your day and as always go cubs